Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. short uh, series called You Are Here. And we've been looking at how God uses certain things to orient our hearts towards Jesus. And we've looked at some of these things. And so today we're going to finish that up with our third thing. Now let's go really quick through a few of the things that we've looked at. We've looked at scripture and worship and Christian living. Our first one was scripture. And we took a scripture challenge that we wanted to see about memorizing Philippians 2, 1 through 13. And we've been saying, some of you have been doing this, and I'm, I'm really excited for you and proud of you for doing this. But here's what we want to do as kind of a challenge. How we're going to realize this challenge together. Between now and Labor Day. I want to give you that chance to memorize these 13 important verses. And then, here's what I would love for you to do. If you have a family member or a friend, or you're not technologically savvy, find a a teenager or a student or a child and have them record you saying this. Now, we want to keep everybody honest, so have somebody right there next to you so they can kind of be looking along and, and agree with this challenge. And we want to have you record this and send it to us. And I think it would just be fun sometime right after Labor Day to view some of these videos. Maybe we'll piece them together. Uh, but let's take this challenge together. So before Labor Day, we want to memorize Philippians 2, 1 through 13. This is going to be a fun challenge. And this is a phenomenal passage of Scripture to hide in our hearts orient our hearts toward Jesus. So you'll do that with me, all right? You online, you can do this too. Do that, send it into our office, and we'll make sure that we include you. We're excited about this. All right. Then last week we looked at Christian living. And we said Christian living equals Christ-like loving. That it's the agape that Jesus shows, that God shows in Jesus, that tunes our hearts to, to Jesus that that looks and identifies the places where we're fractured or the places that we're having trouble hearing his voice and moves us into that, resets things and, and gets us moving in the right direction. Well, today we're going to look at worship. And, and this is one that, uh, you know, probably about a decade ago was a real struggle for a lot of us. There was, there was a you know, some scholars even call it the worship wars, where we were transitioning in styles of music from more of piano and organ and a hymn book to screens and including more instruments and more different styles of music and all of those kinds of things. And worship became something that was a little contentious. It was definitely not orienting our hearts towards Jesus. We were getting trapped into our little preference camps. If you liked one style or the other. And if that didn't happen, 
your style wasn't a part of the service that day. It wasn't good worship. But I'm here to tell you today that worship is more than just music. It is definitely more than just a preference in music style. And so we're going to look, dive deep into this today. And so I'm excited for us to to close this series. And then we want to worship by remembering the one whom we worship and his sacrifice. And we're going to see some good things today as we look at how worship orients our hearts. So I'm glad that you are here. And let's turn to Luke chapter 7. However you get your Bible... Uh, whether that's app or book form, go ahead and open them to Luke chapter 7. Now, as you're finding your way there, today we're going to start with learning some Greek and Hebrew. Okay, are you alright with that? Alright, here we go. So you may want to take out some paper. You didn't realize you were going to learn this. If you're brand new with us or you're brand new online, the Bible did not come down from the hand of God in English. God used people, ancient people, who spoke Hebrew and who spoke Greek. And so our Bible, if you're reading it in English, was translated. And sometimes that's great if you've ever learned a language, though you realize that sometimes it's hard to capture the nuances of words. And so I want us to look at the four Hebrew and Greek words for worship And then the passage of Scripture that we'll read, I think these four words enhance and show us and give us a beautiful example of what worship is truly all about. And so let's look at these really quick. Are you ready? You you might want to move your jaw around a little bit. These are little tongue twisters, uh, but we're going to have some fun here. So I want us to look at a Hebrew word, a Greek word, and then a Hebrew word and a Greek word. They, They are often translated worship. But these two words, when they moved from Hebrew to speaking Greek, they kept the same understanding, the same meaning. So the first word we're going to look at is a Hebrew word, and it is the Hebrew word shapach. Yeah, you've got to do that thing. So you know we're going to say these words, and so you may want to put your hand up if there's somebody sitting really close in front of you so you don't spit on them. But it is the word shapach. Can we say that together? Ready? One, two, three. Shapach. Ooh, very nice. Good guttural. That's great. Let's try that one more time. One, two, three. Shapach. Awesome. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three. Shapach. Very good. And we're going to go ahead and learn the Greek word as well. You can write this down if you would like. It is the, the Greek word is proskuneo. It's a little easier to say. Let's try that together. Ready? One, two, three. Proskuneo. Say it one more time. One, two, three. Proskuneo. Now, what does shapach and proskuneo mean? They mean the same thing. What they mean is to fall down flat and prostrate oneself before. To fall down flat and prostrate oneself before. What this word helps us to understand is that there is way more to worship than just music and sitting in a sitting in a pew. That there's something about knowing into whose presence you are coming. In the ancient days, if you were coming into the presence of a king, the person who had the power, 
over you, over your land, over those. You would come in and you wouldn't just walk in and offer your hand for a handshake. You would realize into whose presence you are coming and you would shapach, proskuneo, upon your face. And and as much as we respect and maybe even revere certain individuals, we know today that there is one whose name is above every name. And at whose name every knee should bend, should proskuneo, should shapach. And when we come to a time of worship on Sunday mornings, There is part of us that needs to remember into whose presence we are coming. And that there should be a shapach, at least of our hearts. And there are certain strands of Christianity that still come in and proskuneo and shapach before God when they enter into the sanctuary. This really is shapach and proskuneo. It is a position of surrender. It is absolutely vulnerable before the person before whom you are prostrating yourself. And so we need to remember that the first part of worship is a posture of surrender to the One who gave His life for us. Shapach. Proskuneo, to fall down before, to surrender. Let's move on to the next, the next set of words. The third word is, that, again, we're going back to Hebrew, and it's an easier word to say. It's the word abode. Can we say the, that word together? Ready? One, two, three. Abode. Let's say it one more time. It's just a nice word to say. One, two, three. Abode. And then we're going to see the, the Greek word that, again, will mean the same thing, and that is the Greek word, latureo. Say that together. Ready? One, two, three. Latureo. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Latureo. So what does avode and what does latureo mean? Latureo and avode mean to serve, to minister to. That that's a part of worship, is to serve. There's a reason we call it a service. The problem is, in our modern day American culture, we think service, we think our service. Customer service. And I am the customer. But when we come to a worship service, there is part of it about realizing whose presence we are moving into and prostrating our life before them in surrender. And the other part of it is that we come to serve Him. Is this beginning to shift your mindset from singing songs? To realizing we are coming into the presence of the One who created everything. We're coming into the presence of the One who so agape, so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. And that one and only Son was so obedient and so wanted us to understand what God is willing to endure to move back into relationship with us, to forgive us, that He was willing to die a cruel death on a cross. That we might have eternal life. 
Life that is so full right here and right now that not even your last breath in that body of yours can end it. But it will go on for all eternity. Do you think if that's the case, if we place ourselves in that mindset, that when we come to a service, there might be a part of us that recognizes this is not a service for me. I'm coming into His presence and I want to have a position of surrender to Him. And I want to be here to serve, to do whatever He calls me to do. That we might need to come to church with some questions. Oh God, what would you have me do today? I surrender to You as I walk into the doors. So worship, folks, if you want to write down what this whole thing is going to be about, here it is. Worship equals surrender and service. Worship equals surrender and service. Say it one more time. Worship equals surrender and service. And there's a beautiful example of this that we find in Luke 7, 36 through 50. So if you're there in Luke 7, just look down to verse 36 and we're going to read this together. And because this is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, I would invite anyone who can to stand in honor and reverence of the gospel. Hear the word of the Lord. From the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verse 36. Now, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. And so he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who it is who is touching him, and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your home, you did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But the one who has been forgiven little... Loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. 
This is the Word of God for the people of God here and online. And our response is, thanks be to God. You may be seated. Worship is surrender and service. And although the Word is not used in this passage, we have a beautiful way that it is demonstrated by this unknown woman, this unnamed woman. That she comes into the presence recognizing something about herself and something about the One into whose presence She is moving. She hears that he's eating in a home. And we think, this is so strange. Did she like knock on the door and come in? Homes were different back then, especially uh, during the times when you could move around outside and it wasn't cold. They're just, they're not doors. And when it gets cold, there were linens or, or things that were placed in front of the door to keep the draft out. But she would just be able to come right in. And we find out she comes and she stands behind him at his feet. And that sounds strange to us. Like, how do you stand beside someone at their feet? And so we need to understand something about us. Because we think of a meal, we go and we sit at a table, and we sit on a chair. And uh, so, like, was she under the table? How, how does this work? We're not quite sure. So I want us to see how people ate in Jesus' day and age. The table would be awfully low to the floor, about as high as the average person's elbow to their shoulder top so that you would lean in and there would be pillows often if it wasn't a very wealthy person that would be on the ground there would just be blankets on the ground and maybe a couple of pillows to rest your elbow on and you would rest around it so let me let me demonstrate here you've got a picture there right so you you would be like this so now does it make sense that someone could come and stand at your feet And then you eat this way, like this. And you have good conversation, and uh, you can kind of, you're close to each other. You pass the the bread, and the meals were pretty simple, and, and you could do that. But we see how then she would be able to come in and stand at the feet of Jesus. And the Bible, the Gospel tells us that while she was standing there, she was weeping. Weeping. We find out later that she carried a heavy burden that had been lifted from her. And so she comes in, she finds out where this Jesus is, and she barges in, she doesn't she knows who she is, she knows she shouldn't come into a Pharisee's house, but nothing is gonna hold her back. She wants to come and she just stands at his feet. And as she's standing there and he is laying there in front of her, she is weeping. And the Bible says she is crying so hard. I don't know if I've ever cried this hard, but she's crying so hard that the tears are falling off her feet and on to, off her face and onto Jesus' feet. And she recognizes that and so she, she has to come down. She proskuneos. She shapachs. Now, I have no hair as a demonstration. But I'm going to guess that you have to get pretty close, even if you have long hair. She lays down. And, and while she's there, and she's wiping, the hair, wiping those tears off with her hair, she begins to kiss his feet. 
would have been just as strange back then as it is today. But there is something that has moved within her. There is something that has happened. And she knows she's in the presence of the One who made that possible. And she is weeping tears of joy mixed with sorrow, mixed with sadness. And she is wiping, she is kneeling down at His feet and she is wiping His feet with her hair. And she just begins to kiss And as she remembers, she has a jar of alabaster, a very expensive gift. Some would say it could be as much as a year's salary. And it doesn't have where you just take it, take off a little lid and, and put a little behind your ear. It is, it is sealed in a jar. And so it is used one time. You break open the jar and she pours it on his feet. She surrenders all of what's in the jar to Jesus. We see this is beautiful. This beautiful moment. This describes Shapach, Avod, Proskuneo, Latoreo. This is what worship looks like. So much more than just music. She shows a posture of surrender and a posture of service to Jesus. She is worshiping. But Simon sees only a sinner. He he begins to mutter to himself or say to himself, Oh, if this guy was really a prophet, he would know who's touching him, that she's a sinner. And Jesus calls him out. It's interesting though, Simon, Simon, even though he's thinking this in his head, that Jesus isn't this holy man that we think, because he should know that this woman is a sinner and shouldn't make him unclean by crying on him, wiping his, hair, his feet with her hair, kissing his feet, putting perfume, wasting expensive stuff on this wandering, traveling preacher. But he is willing to listen. He's eager to hear Jesus speak. Why would he be that way? Because they saw Jesus as a rabbi, as a teacher, and you would want to hear what a teacher has to to teach. And so he says, I have something to say to you, which is what a rabbi would say to a student. And Simon says, okay, speak, tell me. He's ready to do that. I'm ready to hear what you have to say, Jesus. He's willing to hear Jesus speak, but the woman is ready to surrender and to serve. It's it's just this beautiful juxtaposition of, of seeing the difference between someone who just wants to hear Jesus speak, teach me Jesus so I can learn some special wisdom, and the one who surrenders in Jesus' presence, who says, I am here to serve you, Jesus. You speak and I will do what you're calling me to do because you have done so much. What is the motivation? Well, we see that right there in this passage, that Simon wanted superior wisdom. He wanted to know what Jesus was teaching, so maybe he could add it to his repertoire, so that when he was teaching someday, he would be able to quote Rabbi Jesus. He's there for himself. He's there. What can I get out of this? And the woman, her motivation is she knows her sin. And she knows the joy of having them sent away. One more Greek word today. It's the Greek word that's written as forgiveness or forgiven in your English Bible. 
The Greek word is the word afiami. Afiami. You want to say that with me? One, two, three. Afiami. Say it one more time. One, two, three. Afiami. It literally means to send away. We often think of forgiveness as having a debt cleared, or we think of forgiveness as um, being let out of prison, or we think of it in some terms of a legal, like the, the slate is wiped clean. But when Jesus uses the word afiami, your sins are forgiven, he is literally saying to her, your sins have been sent away. That, that's different. They're, they're not in you anymore. They have been sent away. I have sent them away. You are forgiven. Your many sins, Jesus said, have been sent away. That's good news. Again, probably the reason why in His presence she is shapach before Him. She is avod. She is serving Him. Because in Him, her sin, her great many burdens of sin had been sent away. And now she was surrendered to serving Him. That was her call. Can I now just move into just a a brief time of again sharing a few pastoral concerns that I have for us as cross-community. These are are the things that that the Spirit kind of put on me. So this this is not me just saying this to you. This is something that the Spirit put on me as I I was praying about us together as a church. And the question that came up is, are we more interested, church, in superior wisdom than we are in surrender and service? Do, Do we like to come just so we can hear more about the Bible and learn more and have superior wisdom about God? More that we are interested in realizing when we come in the doors and when we go out the doors and we go into our homes and we go wherever, we are in the presence of the One who created it all and so loved us that He gave His own Son. That we come into the presence each day of the One who gave His life so that we could experience our sins being sent away. And that the appropriate posture for us when we come into His presence is to have our lives surrendered. And to be in His service, to have questions. What would You have me do, Lord? Have we forgotten Jesus' sacrifice for our shortcomings, our sins? Another Another Greek word, hamartia. Missing the mark, that is the word translated for sin. Have we forgotten the sacrifice that Jesus gave so that we could know and experience His love and His ability to send our sins away from us? If so, the call today is still the same. To surrender, to shapach, to proskuneo, to avod, to latoreo before Him. You and I are called in to this lifestyle. Because when we remember His sacrifice, and remembering His sacrifice, it can lead us back 
to surrender and to service. Because we still call people today. I hope, I I want you to hear this, whether you're joining us online or right here as a regular attending person in a pew every week. We still believe that you are not called. We do not gather just to learn more about God. We gather to surrender our lives, our pocketbooks, our families, our politics, everything to Jesus Christ. The one who gave himself for us. And we come in to surrender and to say, God, what would you have me do? I am here to serve you. You have given so much. How can I not give my life back to you? That's our call. So we have to wrestle as we close. I, I, I want you to know who are I want you to ask yourself, who are you in this story? Who are you in this story? Are you, are you Simon? Do you just come every week to hear Jesus speak? To learn some superior wisdom? Know about the Bible so you can win the argument at the water cooler tomorrow? With the atheists or the agnostic? That's not what we come for. We are here to surrender. And you need to ask yourself, am I like that woman, this unnamed woman? Am I willing to surrender to Jesus? Am I willing to serve Him? Because He has sent away my sin, my shortcomings. Do we need to remember His sacrifice today? Well, that's how we end and move into a time of singing is that we want to remember His sacrifice. And so right now I'm going to invite you to take out the communion that we have here. And go ahead and do the noisy bit. Get your bread out. Peel back all those things. God who will send your sins away. That remembering this sacrifice begins begins to remind us that we're called to surrender and to service. To surrender and to service. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and cup and he gathered with those who had been with him for years. He even gathered with the one who was later going to betray him. Because God loved even Judas. And he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, broken for you. Take and eat. just as bread sends away hunger, Jesus' grace and mercy sends away your sin. So I want us to pause here between the the bread and the cup. Can we take just a couple of minutes for us to bow our heads? I want you to take a moment to think about your sin about your shortcomings 
I don't mean just the ones like uh, I drove five miles over the speed limit down 94. I mean the ones that we all have, that we hide, that we don't want anybody to know about, that we would be so filled with shame and embarrassment if anyone knew about it. Bring that right in to your mind. Bring those things into your mind. Feel, feel the weight of the secrecy of having to hide that and hold that so that no one can see it. Sometimes the hardest person in whose presence to be in is, is our spouse or our close friend or our family member because they've, they've seen this and we try and hide it from Now I, I want you to hear the words of Jesus. Sister, brother, your sins are sent away. I want you to envision that, that moment, that shame, that, that feeling that you hold. I want you to envision that moving far away from you so fast. It's now beyond being able to see. The Bible says He casts our sea, our sin as far as the east is from the west. Your sins are sent away. And it came at the cost of a great sacrifice. And on the night He was betrayed, He took the cup and He poured wine into it. And just as drink drives away thirst, He invites us to take and drink that our thirsty souls might be filled with His presence. Take and drink, my friends. Jesus, today, we've been reminded of what worship truly is. It's not about music, styles, my preference. It's about coming into your presence recognizing and remembering the great sacrifice that you gave that we might have life. So we pray that as we are still tasting the bread and the cup, we would remember the great sacrifice and may your great sacrifice and your great gift of life Move us to posture our hearts and our minds and our lives and our careers and our relationships to prostrate them before you and to ask you, what would you have me do? Move us right now. Move us today, we pray. For we ask this your name, Lord Jesus.
are going to sing. And I'm going to invite you today. If you needed Jesus to send away your sins, I'm going to invite you to come. That's why we have these kneeling benches that we call an altar. I want to invite you to come and surrender to Him. I want you to hear His Word saying, Sister, brother, your sins are forgiven. They're sent away. Maybe today you've, you've experienced that joy and you've just somehow in the busyness of life you have stopped coming in recognizing His presence. Today you just need to re-surrender. And you just need to say, how can I serve you, O oh God? While we sing, I want you to know it's okay to come. Or it's okay to stand. Or, or it's okay to move into whatever posture allows you to say to Jesus, I, I surrender. I surrender my life. I surrender my relationships, my family, my job. I surrender it all to you. If that's you, then as we sing, we just want you to have freedom today to experience this, and we're going to sing. It's good to be in His presence, amen? amen. I'm going to ask John to keep playing that song, and I'd like Gary and Anna to come right here. Gary and Anna started joining us online during the pandemic, eventually came here. They were retired in the Free Methodist Church, and... Uh, and Gary, you know, we've been praying for you, a lot of health issues and things along those lines. And yet, as an example of our sermon today, God called. And they're going to move to Alaska here in the next few weeks. And, uh, and they're going to serve. They're going to serve in ministries and church. They're not 100% sure, but they know God has called. And so we want to send. We want to, we want to bless them in their worship of surrender and service to God. So I'm going to invite those of you who are here who would like to, to come near and place a hand on. And we want to bless them. This will be their last service with us here at Cross Community. And I just want to say thank you. It's been such a blessing to get to know both of you and to watch your example as you move out into this ministry. If you're here and you're just you're not coming down front, but you're going to be praying for them over the next few months and years, would you just raise your hand right where you are? If you're online, type something encouraging in the comment section so they can see that. But let's let's pray and ask God to bless them both. Father, we are so grateful for this example that we can close our service with today. Of someone who knows that you have sent away their sin who understands your great love and mercy, your compassion. And they have entered your presence and are surrendering to you and saying, where, where can we serve? And it appears like Alaska is that place. And there's a lot to get them there, including a lot of money. So we pray you would bless them. We pray that you would meet every need that they have. We pray that you would surround them and support them, encourage them, and remind us to pray for them as they continue to demonstrate
prostrating themselves and their lives before you and serving you. Surrender and serve. Continue to call them. Continue to bless them. And remind us to pray. For we pray and we ask all of these things in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. 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 Blessings on you guys. We send you out and we look forward to hearing great testimony. For the rest of us, would you receive this blessing? And now may you experience the joy of having your sin sent away and knowing that it has been sent far from you. I pray that you would have the courage through His Spirit's empowerment to surrender your life and to enter into the joy of serving Jesus. For it's in His name that I bless you. It's in His name that I send you. It's in His love and mercy that I invite you to share that love with others. Go in peace. Go in His name. God bless you. Have a great week. If you've joined us online, thank you for joining us. Join us again next week. Have a safe and happy Independence Day holiday. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.